Did you ever see that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Last Action Hero? Nope. Oh. Well, never mind then. You won't get my reference. Sweet potatoes, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) In that movie, what happened? What's the Um, big revelation? um, So this kid goes to the movies. Like this action hero on the screen at the movies is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the kid somehow gets like sucked into the movie. Hate it when that happens. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, so they, they go through all these like movie cliches and what it would be like mm-hmm. if you were like in your favorite movie. It's kind of, it's kind That's of, cool. it's kind of stupid, but it was fun. It was a fun movie. Hmm. Yep. What movie would you want to be in? Oh uh, man, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It hmm. depends on like, okay, so I mean, I love like action movies, mm-hmm. but if any of that stuff actually happened in real life, you, people die, right? Like, so I don't want to be like storming Normandy Beach in real uh, life if I know that yeah. that there's like, I really could die on the line. Yeah. If it's like, you're just going to experience this, like it's a movie, but you're going to be immersed in it, then like, yeah, sign me up. Sounds awesome. Okay. But yeah, if there's actual Germans shooting at me, I'm not really into that. Good call. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I don't know. Um Probably maybe like a sports movie, like The Natural or oh. or Field of Dreams. Yeah, that'd be cool. If you build it, yeah, I like that. Yep. What that's about a you? Good, that's a good safe. Yeah, yeah. No one's no know. one's dying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that kid did fall off the bleachers, choking on a hot dog or something, right? Mm-hmm. That also depends what character you are. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. just me. Yeah. What if? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like but I if I like you. get to jump into the movie and be Iron Man, then mm. yeah, I want to do that. That sounds great. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I, yeah, I mean, well, if you just want to crush my dreams, Nikki. No, no, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that would be as fun to think about. What? Being Iron Man? Being one of the characters. Like, I think it would be more interesting to be you and figure out how you would handle that moody situation. Uh, m- wait. No, I want to be Iron Man. Or I want to be the Incredible Hulk and just smash things. Sounds great. I would like to have like a, um, a legit reason for being that angry and turning green and just being big and... Yeah, that would be good. That was a good Hulk impression. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I didn't make practice. I mean, you don't have to. It's perfect. <laughs> So if you could, okay, so we never talked about this. Um, superpower. If you could have mm. one superpower, what would that be? Mm. Ooh, I haven't thought about that for a while because, you know, I'm not real invested in the superhero movies. Sorry. This is me judging you. That's what it sounds like when I judge That's you. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know. I kind of feel like bilocation is a really cool superpower. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Especially with my um, schedule as a parent, mm-hmm. 
with kids. So your your superpowers things. would have to be very practical. Like they could practice. They, well, they would have to practically apply to your life. Yeah. Why else would I? Why else would they be to fight crime? Yeah. Mm. To fight bad guys. There's a police force for that. I'm not. I'm not looking to change my vocation. Okay. I just want a superpower within my. Within your. Within my element. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Well, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Give me Raleigh's superpower. Hmm. He's a funny guy. Like he's um. He likes trying stuff. He's not embarrassed to do silly stuff, which I appreciate. Whereas I feel like the other kids are a little bit um, shy away from any type of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Raleigh doesn't. He's like, I he's, mean, like he's if o- he wants he's to okay do with attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's cool. That's kind of a superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being able to just deal with attention. It's not. That's not the easiest thing. There's a lot of people that really struggle with it. Yeah. Like, you know, whenever you do anything in front of a group and people say, that was so great, da 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 Like, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Oof. That's not, that seems like it, that would be a good thing, right? Yeah. And then it, it's also difficult to respond or respond in a way that truly reflects what's going on on the inside. Sure. I have a really difficult time receiving, like, especially if it's in ministry stuff, mm-hmm. like receiving compliments like that. It's really tough. Do you have um, a canned answer? Praise God, and it and and I I mean I mean that right, I, I right. do I don't mean canned like you yeah know, not thinking about it but it's like something that you can fall back on that yeah definitely reflects yeah. your sentiment yeah and that's the only way to make it com- more comfortable quickly mm-hmm. for me yeah right it's tough mm-hmm. that's a weird thing I yeah think. yeah yeah it's weird because one time somebody said oh that was so nice and I said thank you and it felt like. I had this flood of, what are you saying thankful for? Thank you for, are you, you know, like my... Like you're being vain. Yeah. 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 And I didn't, I didn't feel like that was what I felt, but then that's what I, it was like this tsunami came in, in my thoughts and mm-hmm. it was just like, who do you think you are? Yeah. There's, there's, I, I think... Like, don't say thank you again. Don't say thank you again. I mean, but I think there's, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of torn with that in particular, and maybe it is because I, I struggle with shame or whatever, but I, I, I do feel like there's a chance that that could be a very outside sort of malevolent voice. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the likelihood that it's just me thinking about it too much. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like my brain getting in the yeah. way. So where do those overlap and where is that distinction? Yeah. I don't know. Because then my, um, I go to that people pleasing mode. Like mm-hmm. if I say thank you, even though I'm having an internal struggle with what that means, mm-hmm. I feel like the other person feels comfortable mm-hmm. and I, and I'm more concerned with that. That's messed up, right? I don't know that it's messed up. I think it's pretty human. I think, I think everybody struggles with that to some degree. Thank you Yeah. for validating my humanity. You're welcome. Appreciate I try. <laughs> I try. Easter. 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 Uh, Easter candy, Easter food. What mm-hmm. what what has to be Reese's? Reese's? Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. But you don't like the pieces, right? Mm-mm. That's see, too that's sweet. Weird. It's not weird. It's weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Look, your your credibility's out the window with the taste buds. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Um, um and 
the Reese's pieces are a little too sweet. Okay. Okay. I need a little bit more peanut butter. Okay. Going on. Okay. And I like the Reese. I like the the Reese's peanut butter egg mm. even better than the cups because mm-hmm. you know that little kind of thick edge of the cup. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. And it's got the whole texture thing going for it, but the egg mm. knocks it out of the park. I like that most. Yeah, that's fair. I did find. You're going to not like this either. Some hot tamale peeps for my mom. Hot tamale my peeps. My mom's a big peeps fan. Nice. And they and they made this new. Can you imagine what the ingredient list is on that? It's mostly plastic. Uh-huh. Yep. Look, and I told her, I'm like, Mom, I, that's, I was all excited. She goes, oh, I found them too. They're so good. Nice. I tried them. They're not so good. Yeah. I mean, they don't sound good. She, do you know what she said? What's that? They're kind of not hot enough, but they're really good. Okay. She likes them really hot. Okay. She's she's a big cinnamon fan? Very big. She will break her teeth on cinnamon and not regret it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, she like have I those cinnamon say, hard candies, the red ones? The atomic fireballs? No, no, no. Like the little, little the little discs and the, like the little oh, cellophane wrappers? Oh, you know what? No. Not so much the hard candy. She's more of a chewer. Okay. So you would always find a bag of Red Hots in mm-hmm. the car. What about Big Red? Big red gum. Mm-hmm. N- not so much a gum person. Okay. She's hot tamales, red hots, fire Jolly Ranchers, if we're going to do a suck candy as opposed to a chew candy. Okay. And red hots and hot tamales are the same thing. No. The red, red hots are harder. The red hots, they're just, they're just they're little, harder. they're just little chewy ends of a hot tamale. The That's same not thing. true. You must not have had them. I have You've had them. broken a tooth then. You are, you had some expired ones. They probably don't expire. They probably don't. You had some old I mean, they're just sugar. That, yeah, but the the Red Hots are very hard. Like, if you try to bite that, you will hurt your teeth. Unless they've been exposed to, if the bag was open, it's like exposed to humidity. Maybe I got fresher Red Hots than you. Maybe mine are old. I don't think so. Either way, you can have them all when Thank they're you. given to me for any reason. You can have all my cinnamon Thank candy. You. I will take them. Yeah. How do you feel about black licorice? See, I don't mind black licorice, but that's because I grew up, my mom and her brothers and sisters loved it. It's very much a Northern thing, I think, okay. to, to, to like it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they spent, you know, growing up, my mom was about half her time in New York. So um, I think it was kind of more of a thing there. Okay. And so they, for the most part, I think on her side of the family, people like it. So I, I don't, I mean, it's not like my, I don't go seeking it out. It's not like my favorite okay. thing, but I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, but I know pe- there are people that are like, that is from the devil. It's awful, right? Terrible. It just seems weird. It is a little weird. It but is Father weird. Carl likes that. Mm-hmm. Like I've gifted him he's some from, He's from the north. He's from the north. But also my Aunt Charlie, who's a Louisiana girl, hmm. girl. Okay. Strange. You gotta find your black licorice lovers because if you ever get a mix and you got black licorice, you need somebody to give it to. Mm-hmm. Or if someone accidentally is wanting to buy you Mike and Ike's, but they buy good and plenty. And you're like, Mm-mm. sorry, That's I can't, I can't do a whole box of this. Mm-mm. I can do one or two. I can't do I a whole box of it. I can. Yeah. And then you give it away to someone that thinks that you yeah. bought them something special and you're really just like, it's, you can have this. It's just my rejects. <laughs> yeah. That's how, I, that's how I feel about cinnamon candy. Uh, as well. um, I'm sorry. Okay. What's your favorite Easter candy? Um, okay. So Easter is the time for a couple of things. So there's those, uh, the candy eggs with like the marshmallow heavenly hash inside. No, I don't know. I don't know. They were like it's like a hard candy kind of shell uh-huh. and like this kind of dense marshmallowy 
inside. With almonds? No. No. Um, it's, it's, and it's just an egg, right? Okay. Um, I don't know what they're called, but they're really, really good. Okay. And then I used to get those all the time in my Easter basket. And then pretty much any kind of jelly bean. Like really? I freaking love jelly beans. You love jelly beans. Even like the the plain, like just three or four flavored jelly beans, it all really just kind of tastes the same. They're just, just little globs sugar of sugar. Yeah. yeah. I love me some jelly beans. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So I didn't realize that this was a New Orleans thing, but there's there's the candy you were describing, mm-hmm. but um, has almonds in it as well. Hmm. It's, it's called Heavenly Hash, I think. And then the same company, it was Elmer. Mm-hmm. Like Monsignor, mm-hmm. not or Fudd, yeah. or Fudd, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and or they also had mm, yeah. gross. Yes, uh, they had a gold brick egg, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it was like a solid piece of chocolate, mm-hmm. but had a layer over it. Like you could, if you bit into it, you could t- this distinct little layer of chocolate. So like when you looked at it, it was it had like a ripple thing going on. Okay. And the heavenly hash with the almonds in it. Mm-hmm. My mom was, oh, she's so cute. You put them in a the freezer. Okay. And so the marshmallow would get kind of hard, but not too hard. And that heavenly hash egg was like, it was like rippled, like the it had bumps where the almonds were. Mm-hmm. So you know you just had to like bite where you knew the almond wasn't. Mm, it's a perfect bite. Nice, nice. I need to get those imported because now I'm feeling like oh nostalgic and hungry. <laughs> Man, my Easter basket hasn't been the same since I moved I, yeah. and grew up. <laughs> yeah. Every year I'm like, wait, where's my mom? I need to right. make me an Easter basket. Yeah. Does she send you like, my mom sent a check for, for Easter? me to get stuff for the oh, kids. Oh, nice, nice. And I'm just, you know, things, yeah. things have changed. <laughs> I've got to, I've actually got to, um, so this is going to be, if this is, if this is, I don't know. One of those things that's like too cute, like makes you puke. Like Christine and I will make Easter baskets for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got, actually got to pick stuff up for that today. <gasps> yes, you it's do. On my, it's on my list. So yeah. good for you. Yeah. What about your dogs? Um, so I have uh, little Easter bunny ears for the dogs that yes, they wear. Yes, you do. And, uh, and they usually get like a new um, bandana or something for Easter. Yeah. That's a good dog dad move. Mm-hmm. Way to not yeah. give them chocolate. No, no chocolate. <laughs> I, you don't even want to know my wicked ways with Kate. Just kidding. I'm joking. Mm-hmm. I'm joking. Not getting there any chocolate. I mean, it's pretty funny watching a dog eat a jelly bean. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it like it's like a dog like eating, peanut, butter eating thing? peanut butter? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. adorable. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I do like that. Yeah, we should podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, hi, Nikki. Hello, James. How are you? I'm good. I'm I, good. I'm good. I am good too. It's it's. Good to hear that you're good. Um, I'm really excited about what we're talking about today. Yes. Uh, we are coming to you from the future <laughs> right now when we record this. Is that what's happening? No, it's not what's happening. Um, but it's fun to kind of think about it that way. So uh, our last episode, um, which actually came out today as mm-hmm. we record this, we're, yeah. we're off of our normal recording schedule because of Holy Week and Easter. Um, so normally we would record... Uh, on Thursdays. It's the Wednesday before Easter right now. And uh, we are going to be talking about Easter and the resurrection of Christ and kind of living in that very glorious uh, place of resurrection, living from that very glorious place of resurrection. Uh, but we were talking about it earlier and and um, 
you know, we, neither one of us really knew, like, because we're still kind of anticipating Easter, ne- mm-hmm. neither one of us really knew kind of where to begin with these feelings of real joy and real happiness yeah. uh, at the Easter celebration. And I think as we were talking, it kind of, it kind of maybe struck both of us that, um, that that hope, that hope that we feel kind of coming out of Lent, coming into Holy Week, um, and, and going, you know, kind of going through these different traditions, uh, as we prepare for Easter, that hope that we feel is, um, something that's not limited to this time before Easter. And that maybe, um, if we're really effectively, uh, kind of living out this Easter call or this call to be, um, what Pope John Paul II called, you know, an, an Easter person, right. To be Easter one of the people. Easter people, um, that we kind of have to be living from that hopeful place all the time. Right. And, and allowing, uh, the hope of the, of the, um, the hope of Holy Week, right. Mm-hmm. To, to really be kind of galvanized and, and reinforced, uh, in the Easter season, as opposed to thinking maybe that, oh, Easter's over. Right. And, right. and kind of right. just, you know, moving past it. Putting and, it aside and moving on to the next thing. Exactly. And in our, you know, in secular culture, it is a very, like it's a single Sunday kind yeah. of thing. And, and, you know, we think about, I mean, I can even remember, um, you know, like elementary and junior high, uh, which I'd like to think isn't that long ago, but I guess it's a little while ago now. <laughs> um, uh, I can, I can remember having, you know, like, like two or three days off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so thir- Thursday, Friday, Monday, kind of, kind of amount of time off, mm-hmm. um, uh, around the Easter weekend. And now there's a lot of, a lot of schools, a lot of businesses, a lot of, you know, different professions that don't get any time off. And, and what you get for Easter is kind of just the weekend, right? The normal, the normal weekend. Um, so we kind of want to maybe talk today about how we can, we can take the, you know, a lot of a lot of the really good things that we experience in Lent, in Holy Week, uh, certainly in that kind of ramp up mm-hmm. to experiencing the resurrection at Easter, and then of course those those good things, those graces we experience, you know, during the Easter celebration itself on Easter Sunday, and how do we kind of live those out, mm-hmm. not just in the Easter season, so the, the 50 days after Easter, uh, but also um, also just in our in our lives in general. How do we kind of yeah. keep focused on on uh, on Christ through that lens of mm-hmm. the Paschal mystery, through that lens of um, of the resurrection, right? Um, I think that's kind of what we're always talking about a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I also think that to um, to kind of look at it from okay, like on a calendar, like where is mm-hmm. Easter? And maybe if we're in, you know, if it's like the middle of October and Easter feels super far away. Uh, maybe we can have a plan to like bring ourselves back to mm. this sort of more structured, more intentional uh, way of thinking about what Christ did for us. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of that too. I was. I've had a few opportunities this week to talk to people who were um, not familiar with the details of Holy Week and and what we do and why we do it, and so um, it became. Um, a moment of clarity for me that maybe my kids aren't even aware. Like we've had conversations where um, I've just shared with them, like what, wh- why that Holy Thursday Mass is so important to me. And that you know we celebrate. Oh, I actually talked about this with my friend who I walk with this morning too. You know, um, the whole idea of you know every Mass we're celebrating 
the Last Supper. We're celebrating Jesus dying for us. We're celebrating the Paschal Mystery. But but on Holy Thursday, it's kind of like the anniversary or the birthday of it, the, the kind of um, more pronounced um, and focused anniversary of that with with all the the beautiful details that go into that and the washing of the feet i love that Mm -hmm. i love that so much but yeah there is you're right there is kind of this call i think in general in the liturgy to to focus right there's Mm -hmm. this call to a very particular focus uh this week maybe unlike any other week of the year you could certainly say you, you could certainly say christmas um but in reality i think the church is uh you know really trying to get us to focus like that all the time. Yeah. Right. And, and not to, not to shame anyone. Like that's, that's hard. Like that's hard it to is. do. And, and certainly it's hard, um, you know, for, for families, it's hard for people that are, there's just a lot of distractions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so I, so I think, you know, maybe having that, um, it's almost like, like we've talked about before, but it's almost like a new year's resolution, right? So, mm, yeah, so yeah. we, we go into to this Lenten season wanting to kind of work on some things. Um, maybe a good place to start is sort of saying, okay, so for Easter, um, I, I, I don't want to just let that growth, uh, or let those graces or let whatever, whatever positive kind of came out of mm-hmm. Lent and came out of, of Holy Week and came out of Easter. I don't want to just let that go. Right. So, so maybe you know, how do I, how do I continue to stay in tune in a way that, um, you know, maybe how can I use this time of Easter as like a place where I'm like grounded, Mm. right? Like this is kind of, this is kind of where my, my focus starts, Mm -hmm. right? This is kind of where, this is the place that I come back to. Um, because, and, and the, really the only reason I say that is because the, the, passion, death, and resurrection of Christ is the central Christian event, mm-hmm. right? Like none of the other stuff, the Last Supper, the Eucharist, the priesthood, um, Jesus walking on water, any of the miracles, none of that other stuff matters. And maybe we don't even know who Jesus is without, without Easter yeah. Sunday, right? And and the empty tomb. So so maybe that becomes kind of this this very grounded place for us mm, where we're like, yeah. okay, this is this is the reason this I want this why. relationship with Christ. This yeah. is the reason I want this relationship with, you know, other members of my community that are faithful or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as a mom, what are your what are your kids' favorite parts of Easter? Like, what are some what are some of the family um, are there, are there family traditions? Are there things that you kind of look forward to? You're hitting a spot, James. Am You're I? hitting a spot. <laughs> and, and, it, and maybe not in, maybe um, like, and maybe even like the family back in New Orleans. Like, are there, yeah. are there cool things that go on? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so uh, I'll start with the present. And, and so now um, really um, participating in the triduum is, um, I don't want to say a family tradition. It's something that I do and invite my family to. It's not, it's not a hard push um, because it's, I don't know, <laughs> because it's so meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like my family can't, uh, I hate saying this out loud. Okay. My family can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you, if, if, um, if through our conversations, it's not apparent that you're going to come with me and be in the moment, then maybe it's best that you just pray at home or something. I don't know. Okay. So, um, can I, can I I say, can I say something about that? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of our listeners that I think just breathed a sigh of relief 
because they want to hear someone validate the fact that they want a a unique and personal and calm experience with God, right? Even, I mean, this, this you know, for, for some of us, I think um, we're so, I mean, we talk about being late to church, like we think that it's so, like it feels so difficult to just get into the building and get in the pew at it the does. right time, right? There's so much other stuff kind of, in the way and holding us back. And, and I think we fall into that thinking of, well, if it really mattered to me, then I would be there on time. Or if it, you know, if my kids were really, you know, the perfect little angels that they're supposed to be, then everybody would just love to be, but that's just not reality. It's just not reality that, um, you know, if, if that, if we could achieve that on our own so easily, if there was like a mess, a method for that, I don't think that Jesus has to be crucified. Right. I don't think that Jesus has to go to these extremes to, to kind of show us the way. I think he shows up again and kind of, you know, hands out like a, like a one sheet, you know, like, like a, like a a little handout and says, Hey, uh, you know, kind of focus on these things. You guys will be great. I'm out of here. Right. Instead, he, he really kind of has to show up and teach us that living in those places that are, that are so imperfect, right. That's part of who we are as human beings. Right. And and we have to kind of accept that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. I really appreciate you sharing that you have this desire for this very personal experience with Christ in the liturgy and that it's not something that you just kind of say, oh, well, that's going on at the church, but my, my family needs this and this and this and this and this. So I'm not going to give myself that time to, to, to encounter God in that yeah. way. And, and, and I think more of us, if, if more of us kind of took that opportunity to say, no, I really need this encounter with God. I really want this encounter with God. This is going to make me a better mom. It's mm-hmm. going to make me a better dad. It's going to make me a better human being in general. So that when my, you know, when my kids need me for different things, I'm, I'm more, I'm more of who I'm supposed to be yeah. in terms of, 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 you know, my relationship with God and, and who God made me to be. Um, giving yourself an opportunity to experience that grace and to, to kind of let that grace bleed into these other areas of your life. One that takes real intention and takes real, like you have to think of that as as self care, Mm -hmm. right? That you're going to put this, this thing first. Um, but two, that's what we're talking about here. That's exactly, there's so many people that feel guilty or that maybe they feel like their family isn't worthy or they feel like they're not worthy or they feel like there's just so much stuff in the way that they, they just can't, they just can't right mm-hmm. in this relationship with God. They just can't. And, and that's a lie. It's yeah. absolutely a lie. You, you, you can, you can lean on God, um, not only to kind of help you through those moments, but to show you your own strength and to show you the gifts that he's given you to overcome so many challenges. And then you can pass that on to other people. And, you know, while your kid is like 10 years old and focused on a hundred other things, it might not be the time when he gets it. Right. Mm -hmm. But planting that seed and focusing on it and kind of persevering through that is, is always going to be worth it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I am obviously struggling with this Mm -hmm. because I, I, what I want for my family is not necessarily what I'm able to achieve in this moment. So yeah, I'm kind of taking the approach of putting the oxygen mask on myself first Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think too, 
uh, we've spoken of this before, but just like with the past year and missing um, in-person um, liturgies for Holy Week from last year, I just, I long for it so badly that I don't, I, I feel very strongly that this is my oxygen mask that I mm-hmm. need for this time in my life mm-hmm. right now. So, that being said, um, our family traditions are typically, um, I attend things, some people do, some people don't, but we go to the Saturday Vigil, which is, um, you know, from the kids' perspective, oh gosh, the longest mass. Yeah, but you know, it's 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 so alive with so many different um, senses being awakened. And, sure. Um, it's it's just beautiful. And this year I have one of my students in my small group is receiving sacraments, so I'm super excited about that. God bless Ramon. Very cool. And um, and so that's it. So I don't I really am am craving um, more tradition with my family here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of things established. Uh, but back home, everybody goes to my aunt Jenny's house for a big old. Easter celebration and Uncle Jay always makes the peach homemade ice cream and the Oreo wow. ice cream. Sounds great. And there's barbecue and all the things and all the people. And Aunt Jenny, let me just tell you, you've never witnessed or participated in an Easter egg hunt until you participate in her. She's just all out all the time, which is so fantastic. And the kids just love it. And like when we would visit for um, spring break in, in years past, right? Uh, Laurel would help her, would go shopping with her because she, she puts together like these elaborate baskets for every single stinking kid wow. who's going to come. And it's not like just our family. It's it's her family. It's Uncle Jay's side of the family. Mm-hmm. It's family friends who tend to come. Like she just thinks of all the people and all the details. And I love it in part. <laughs> There's a small part of me that's like, could we... Could we go to the... What time does the vigil end about midnight? If we had the car packed, could we drive straight in? I don't mm-hmm. think that's possible. Like, yeah, because kid, my kids do have school on Monday, so... Um, sure. That's not possible, but I would love that. I mean, uh, it, it sounds amazing. It sounds like um, your Aunt Jenny and your... your, your Uncle Jay. Uncle Jay have a... Um, uh, an understanding and appreciation that like this is a big deal mm-hmm. right and it's a big deal beyond um it, it it sort of it sort of transcends the the liturgy in the sense that it should kind of bleed into every aspect of your life right, right? It, it should it should affect um your life in some some ways that are that are pretty radical and and should um i don't know make you make you feel like okay i'm i am christian i'm catholic uh, kind of therefore I am right. Like, yeah. like that, that kind of becomes the most important thing. Um, you, you say like not having, you know, as many traditions here. Um, I, I, I think that there's a, I, I know for me, uh, and since I, since I left home, which has been, you know, a, a while now, but, um, I don't know that there's a necessarily a sense of like real, sort of purpose and, and real focus in Easter in general in the world. And certainly in, in like secular society, like we talked about Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's not this buildup, there's not, it's not on people's minds. And so I think, um, 
really Easter is unique in that it's it's sort of up to the individual. Like there's kind of this collective sense that we're going to celebrate Christmas. There's this collective sense, mm. even though it's become real secularized, there's this yeah. collective sense we're going to celebrate Halloween or the 4th of July or whatever. But Easter doesn't feel like that anymore. Um, and I think more than anything, you know, I, I, I don't really think that that's like because of anybody's like family or anything necessarily. I, I, I think as a society, we've kind of let Easter become a little bit of a shadow of what it's supposed mm, to be, right? Yeah. And it's become a little bit watered down. Um, but I think that we can kind of find a little bit of freedom in that, in the sense that we can encourage our listeners, um, encourage ourselves to to really kind of take ownership of what Easter means to you, right? Mm. What Easter means to you. And yeah. that's something that... Um, I don't want to say it's frowned upon in the church, in my experience, but I, th- I don't think it's something that we we talk about, mm-hmm. right? We experience these different liturgi- liturgical things, these different moments in the life of Christ, and there's always kind of the church there to tell us what it means, uh, right? And, and certainly it's the church's responsibility to do mm-hmm. that at Easter, right? And if you have um, a priest, pastor, deacon, whoever, who gets up and, and you know, gives a, gives a homily and and can unpack Easter for you and can really like, like teach you something that's wonderful. Like what an amazing blessing. That's fantastic. Um, but I also think that there's an opportunity here for each of us to kind of look around and go, okay, the, the disciples ran to the tomb and it was empty. What does that mean to me? What yeah. does that mean in my, um, not just my, my relationship with God, like, you know, sort of a hi, how are you relationship, um, but a real sort of genuine encounter with God that, that is transformative, Mm. um, that sort of validates these, these encounters that we have with God. It validates the desires for this relationship with God. Mm -hmm. It, It validates our sort of movement in this relationship, um, in a really, in a, in a really powerful way, sort of above and beyond what we might think we need Mm -hmm. right to just kind of survive like god i think through the resurrection god takes us from um just surviving in our state of sin or in our state of imperfection to thriving yeah right um you know the the like saint paul says he who was without sin became sin right he's expiation for our sins um meaning that that jesus jesus's action like takes something kind of really ugly and broken mm-hmm. and human and transforms it into something sacred mm-hmm. and divine and like miraculous. Right. Yeah. And so if God can do that with this, with this action on the cross, he wants to apply those same graces to our lives. He wants to apply those same graces to our relationships with our, our kids and our spouse and our friends. Yeah. And, and it's that transformative power. Um, that's, that's not something that's just unique to the cross because it, if it is, then the cross really doesn't have any effect on our lives. The resurrection doesn't have right. any effect on our lives. Those graces have to apply to us, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was reading in um, it's that book I talked about last week, um, Jesus and the, and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Brant Petrie talks about um, how the, the sacrifice of um, Passover it was really important that the the lamb that was sacrificed on Passover was eaten, 
right? And there's kind of this final act that this lamb is eaten. And so we think about um, the set, the actual sacrifice of the lamb, like the lamb being killed and then it being roasted and bitter herbs and unleavened bread and, and you know, um, like have like having your, your, you know, it's one lamb per household and you're mm-hmm. with your loins girt and all this kind of stuff, right? All these different rules. But the final act is that it's eaten, the right? The, the consumption of it. And how at the last, the last supper, there was this final act of the consumption of, of the body of Christ and how when Christ was talking about giving us his body as true food and true drink, that he meant it to be finally consumed, that there would be this consumption, right? And I think, I think that's a good way to kind of look at, at Easter um, in general, in the sense that if we don't like, like that consumption is kind of applying that sacrifice to your life, like your physical body, mm-hmm. right? If you're eating that lamb, if you're eating the Eucharist, yeah. you are tangibly applying that to your body, right? If, if we look at, at the, the, the resurrection in the same way, okay, this has, this, this experience of the resurrection, this thing that happened has to apply to me in some way. Yeah. It has to affect me. I, I have to be able to kind of, you know, um, to like to take that and to apply it to my life in practical ways and then to expect my life to be different, mm. right? And if I don't have that expectation, if I don't have that willingness to apply it, then that action of the resurrection, at least in my life, is incomplete. Right. Jesus's action is incomplete. He needs me, wants me, invites me to take that gift and to essentially unpack it for mm. myself to make mm. it work for me, right? And so um, I think sometimes when um, I know for myself, when I feel kind of like, oh, I don't, you know, don't really have the traditions that I once had, like all my grandparents are gone. So there's not like a big, you know, we're not driving to the Valley for Easter, like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think the conversation that God is really trying to have with me is, is James, all of that is a, those, those traditions are really just kind of a, um, they're, they're, they're different signs that this, these graces, this thing that I've done, this action that I've done on the cross and then in the tomb and then resurrecting, right? Um, it requires your, I don't want to say your interpretation, but it, it, it requires your reception mm. of okay. that and kind of taking that and applying it to your life. If as far as that goes... Uh, and there's nothing wrong with these things, but if as far as that goes is a nice family meal and an Easter egg hunt, well, um, that's you're probably leaving a lot on the table, right? You're probably leaving a lot of graces mm-hmm. um, there sort of unchecked, unopened, right? Because there's more to it than that. Yeah. I mean, there, there just is. And Jesus wants us to experience the resurrection in this really personal way. I mean, um, just like he wants us to, to kind of consume him right mm-hmm. he he wants us to consume his his whole life like everything mm-hmm. about him is is for us and so um now i think i think we can and we can certainly talk about okay what does that look like 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 how do you how do you do that how yeah. do you how do you kind of step into this this new world with a resurrected christ who's overcome death right yeah. like that's all sounds very big and very scary Easter attitude. exactly yeah I don't know. How do you, How do you um, apply that to our everyday life? So I think to answer that, 
I I want to I want to kind of look at the gospel um, that for us will be read on Easter Sunday, uh, but for our listeners was read on Easter Sunday. Um, we're like in another dimension in yes. time. It's not really what we're doing <laughs> at all. Um, hello, in the future, that's fun. Um, but I want to kind of look at the gospel and kind of point out a few things uh, about the gospel um, that I just think are interesting and I just think are really sort of strangely like human and worldly mm-hmm. and almost kind of silly. And I think they give the gospel this, this sense that, um, I, I, like I could have witnessed that. It's not like a, a fantastic, fantastical, um, it's not so, out yeah, of this world. yeah. It's not like you're watching a, a Marvel movie or something, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I could have been there and, and witnessed that. And maybe even, I think the thought is sometimes like, I could have written a more exciting version version of, of that. You know what I mean? Like, but that's good. That's good. And we'll, and we'll talk about why. Okay. So this is from the gospel of John. Uh, this is John chapter 20 verses one through nine. Um, and this is the resurrection narrative in the gospel of John. Uh, and as we read through this, um, I really encourage you to, to think about some of these characters, uh, try that Ignatian thing that we've talked about a few times, which is just kind of put yourself yeah. in the story. And uh, if that means you have to you have to hit pause and kind of think about it a little bit. Please, please do so. Yeah. All right. Um, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The gospel of the Lord. That's beautiful. What's standing out to you? It is beautiful. What stands out to me is how human it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody in this story is looking for their keys. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Like, I mean, so, so first of all, the, the first thing to point out on the first day of the week, so that's Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, Sunday now becomes the day of, of rest for the early Christians, right? That's kind yeah. of where we get Sunday and our, our worship of the Lord on Sunday. Um, on the first day of the week, right? Uh, so it's not the Sabbath anymore. That's mm-hmm. going to change things. And it's going to change things for Jews reading this, hearing this account. Well, did it happen on, on Saturday? That's the day. No, it actually happened on Sunday. The first day. Well, that's, that's weird. Why, you know, and then Mary of Magdala. So this, this, this woman who's kind of this, uh, a little bit misunderstood, a little bit controversial figure, not only in scripture, but also just in the time of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. She's a, a woman and she goes and realizes this first, right? She goes and sees this empty tomb first and the disciples, uh, are, willing to give her the credit because that's the truth they're willing to say like she she gets this credit of of being the first witness to the resurrection um 
If you were writing like the perfect ending, you would have literally any man at the time, literally any man would have been a better witness because her, she doesn't have a voice in Mm -hmm. first century Palestine. She just doesn't. Um, Saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. She went, ran and went to Simon Peter, the first Pope and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved (laughs) and told them they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Literally, we lost Jesus. (laughs) Okay. We thought he was all secure. We thought he was all secure. We we thought he was all secure. And when she's saying they, she means the Romans, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And uh, it's, it's, it's so cool to me. um, This phrase, the other disciple whom Jesus loved. So, so that is, that is St. John. St. John is talking about himself. He is also giving the reader, me and you, room to put ourselves into the story. Mm. He is literally giving you a little like, like a little hello, my name is nudge. badge, yeah. right? That you can wear and Fill kind of be blanks. in the gospel, yeah. right? Um, so you are the disciple that Jesus loves. Mm. Um, so Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter. So, yeah, so there there you are again, inserting yourself uh-huh. in as the faster runner. <laughs> Haha, I'm faster than you, Peter. I think that's, you know, in the Bible, with mm-hmm. all of this rich information, this love letter that that's included is so awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's so human, right? Yeah. And I can imagine Peter, like, you know, Peter, James, and John have had this kind of rivalry, right, up to this point. And I can imagine Peter kind of looking side eyed as John kind of runs past, right? And having this very human moment um, in this extremely glorious in the middle of this extremely yeah. glorious event. Um, he bent down and sees the burial cloths there, but does not go in. So there's this hesitation. Yeah. And it's a hesitation, I think, that we all feel to really enter into the mystery of the resurrection, mm, right? There is, yeah. a, there is a serious hesitation, I think, um, when we really stop and think about it, to be like, mm, do I... Do I, do I really want to go here because my life is going to change? Well, that's, yeah, it, it's a, whoa, yeah. is this really happening? Yeah. Because if it does, mm-hmm. that changes everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so um, Peter just kind of like, he just kind of bull rushes his way into the tomb. He sees the burial cloth, the cloth that had covered Jesus's head um, and, and, and sees that like, there's this really interesting detail uh, the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. So Jesus, there's this, there's the, the idea then that Jesus wakes up and takes the time, the intention to sort of clean up carefully to yeah. be, to be very careful mm-hmm. about his, you know, his stuff mm-hmm. in the tomb. Right. Uh, and there's this kind of, even though Christ is, is resurrected, there's this very human mm-hmm. sort of like idiosyncratic thing about that, right? It's a, it's a little bit, um, uh, it's a little bit, it's, it, I shouldn't say a little bit. It's very, very human and normal and mm. kind of beautiful that Jesus would, you know, take the time to, care of it, which exactly. I, I would, I would think would also lead one to believe that he wasn't taken because mm. that would have looked more haphazard mm-hmm. and like an additional crime scene. Yeah. Then. Or there wouldn't be any burial cloths because yeah. they just would have taken a body, right? Yeah. And and also, you know, one thing that's kind of been been pointed out to me is that Jesus was in control. Mm, he wasn't stressed. He wasn't like, yeah. I got to get out of here by a certain time, yeah. right? This angel's going to show up and mm. I got to get out of here by a certain time. You know what? That's beautiful. And do you know, during the mass, I always think it's interesting 
because of this 21st century life, I always feel rushed in and to see at mass, like our priest take their time folding the altar cloths. Mm -hmm. It's kind of reminiscent of that, right? Like this deserves care and attention. And to say you're on God's time takes on a whole different meaning when you're Father, uh, with purpose like that. Father Michael O'Connor, I worked for him at St. Thomas Aquinas church in college station. And, um, he used to say all the time, uh, and he, he would say it in homilies. He would especially say it in our staff meetings that he, he wished that he could, um, he could get people after receiving communion to just commit to being quiet. No, mm-hmm. no music. Don't, don't go to the bathroom, no moving mm-hmm. around. Just kind of, kind of, you know, stay in your pew for just, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, and just kind of sit there with God. And, and, and I guess I always kind of thought it was about like, I don't know, meditating, like continuing that encounter mm-hmm. with God. But he explained, explained to us one time that it's really just kind of about being quiet and it's about being not in a hurry. Uh-huh. And that when we, you know, when we, um, when we reduce God to just another thing that we kind of have to fit into our lives, like he, he, we, we strip him of his power, right? We strip mm-hmm. him of his ability to, to like transform us. We say no. Yeah. Right. And so God says, okay, I'll, I'll sit over here on the sidelines with a million other things you have to do. Right. But that's not, that's not certainly not what the resurrection is about. Certainly mm-hmm. not what God wants from us. I mean, he, he, he wants us to, um, experience the kind of the fullness of his love for us. Right. And, right. and I think in our, in our world and the mm-hmm. human condition, like that takes time and it takes yeah. presence, you know? Um, but yeah, that I just, I always thought that was weird and, and to have it kind of explain that, that God is like, Jesus is just showing Jesus's intentionality. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then the other disciple also went in. So then and we enter the tomb and we see and we believe, right. And he saw and believed, um, you know, in the, in the, uh, well here coming up, um, in the gospels that Jesus is going to make a big deal of those who, uh, who haven't seen, but still believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the, the, I think the, the, the cool thing about Jesus is he, he wants us to have both. He wants yeah. us to, to see, right. And to see the Eucharist raised up above the altar every week, um, to, to, to see him in, the faces of other people to see him in our community, to see him in people that we serve or people serving us, but also to, to just, to just trust him, to have this trust that goes deep enough that it, it causes us to believe it changes our thoughts about him. Right. Um, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. That, that chunk of not yet understand, I think is about hope Mm. because we are, we are, None of us, none of us fully understand right. why, you know, we, we, I think we understand the logic of it now mm-hmm. a little better, but as far as the mystery of the passion, death and, and resurrection of Christ, I mean, it's, it's infinitely deep, yeah. right? It, it is this central mystery of our Christian faith. So it's, it's infinitely deep. And, um, there's kind of, again, there's kind of this freedom in that, in that the deeper that we go, um, the more, uh, the more sure and the more kind of focused and the more maybe, um, sort of 
we'll, we'll kind of recklessly abandon ourselves mm-hmm. to this notion that Christ has saved us in this incredible way. And we don't really yeah. need to understand like all the, the, you know, well, how did the Holy Spirit raise Jesus from the, like, we don't need to understand that necessarily mm-hmm. um, as much as we just need to kind of be there and let it, let it have that effect on our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, none of none of us really understand and that's, and that's okay. It's actually kind of a beautiful thing because God wants to reveal these graces to us anyway, and to reveal these graces to us in our own unique experience. Yeah. And I think it takes, it takes our own unique experiences. Like there's a benefit in not knowing mm-hmm. everything at once mm-hmm. because there are um, things that are, that develop within us in the pursuit mm-hmm. and in the unfolding of the graces that are available for us to receive, you know, as they unfold, as we sit quiet within the mystery, mm-hmm. um, there are graces that develop us into mm-hmm. into what we are to um, become for him. And I think that, hmm... If, he, if, if it was all unfolded and we knew everything at once, then we would miss so much. You sure. Know? Yeah. We'd be a microwave people instead of a nice long in the oven type people. <laughs> instead of a, like a, yeah, yeah. Instead of like a slow cooker people, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. There, there is, I think, something to, um, that that is, you know, something to note about society that our understanding and our passion for the resurrection, like our, our, um, commitment to it maybe is really, really affected by how the rest of our society is going. Mm -hmm. So things like, you know, just, just secular culture in general, whether it's relativism or just our busyness, right. Kind of how busy we are. Um, do we give something as big and as, as deep as the resurrection time in our lives to, to really affect us? Mm you know, we've entered into this age in society where we, where people no longer are, they no longer feel bound to the church. They no longer feel bound to this central, um, any kind of centralized religious system, right. Uh, to help them discern their lives, to help Mm -hmm. them kind of move along in their lives. And so, um, I think it's really important that we don't, uh, that as Catholics, that as Christians, if you're a ragamuffin that just wants your questions answered, you are not, um, you're not going to get your questions answered in like, like a pop tart version of Christianity. I mean, that's just, if you, if you really have questions and you really feel like, um, God is calling you to this conversation, that conversation is going to take time. And it's not because you're incapable and it's not because God's incapable. Um, it's because those questions are really big Mm -hmm. and the answers are not, human answers. They, they don't, they right. don't make a lot of sense, right. uh, in the, in the secular world. And so just to digest that stuff, um, take some time. I think that's a great place to kind of segue into, okay, what do we do with this Easter season? Right. If you know, why does the church, it's 50 days till Pentecost, right? That's, yeah. that's longer than Lent. Uh, what, yeah. Why does the church want to take this huge chunk of time, um, to kind of let this, 
this Easter miracle, let this resurrection miracle sort of marinate. I was going to say, can we can we go the marination yeah, route, please? For sure. <laughs> I love that idea. You know what? I think it, it's kind of like the, uh, the Mr. Miyagi wax on wax off. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, we're going to unpeel slowly. We're mm-hmm. going to develop slowly, marinate slowly, because any good relationship, any relationship that achieves this deep level of intimacy mm-hmm. takes experiences over time. And in my experience, it's been, it's, it's, um, small, significant mm-hmm. experiences that, um, develop the closer bond and, yeah. and deeper relationship as opposed to, you know, quick bursts of activities. Sure. Sure. There's, there's a, um, kind of this, this, as you're talking, there's kind of this way of thinking about it that's coming to mind. Like when we, um, when we have this, you know, we, we, we live in like a 24 hour news world. Right. And anytime there's a big story, um, we kind of eat up that news until that story is like burned out. And then Mm -hmm. we kind of move on to the next thing. Right. And we, we, um, we really are kind of in this pattern of like, Oh, the big story. And then we want to get all the details and then, then, you know, we move on to the next thing. Um, what if we, what if we treated the resurrection like that? So what if we looked at the resurrection, Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is the story. This is the news. It's coming out of Jerusalem. There was this, this teacher, miracle worker, whoever, um, that was put to death and they went to anoint his body at the tomb and good golly, it was gone. It was gone. It was gone. Right. And now all of his belief, all of his followers are kind of, um, they're, they're, you know, maybe, maybe, um, they're insinuating different things and they're, and they're, they're, you know, believing different things Mm -hmm. about what that means. Right. So maybe over the next several weeks, uh, at mass, um, and, and maybe even, you know, commit to doing this before mass, take a look at those gospel readings, take a look at the the first readings, which are largely going to be from the book of acts. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and treat that as if it's like the new news that's coming out about the resurrection. Right. So, so now like, okay, you know, is it, it's not necessarily just that this person who was put to death, um, rose again from the tomb. Uh, but maybe, um, maybe that this person, uh, all, you know, all of a sudden his followers are able to do these miracles Mm. and, uh, his, his, um, these, these, you know, there's just these different things that keep happening that keep kind of lending you know, different details to the story. And it just gets a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper. Um, And I feel like I keep being wowed. Yeah. You know, there's that ability to continue to, um, to wow us and show us this love that's surpasses anything I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on the, on the second Sunday of Easter, uh, the, the Sunday after, um, uh, after you're hearing this, which is divine mercy Sunday, April 11th, um, you're gonna, you're gonna hear about the disciples, um, witnessing the resurrected Christ in their midst and St. Thomas, uh, doubting, right. St. Thomas doubting. And, and it's this, it's kind of this, it's own like little unique story arc Mm -hmm. of St. Thomas's relationship with the resurrected Christ. And, you, you can certainly put yourself into that story yeah. and you can also certainly absorb that. Like this is the new news about that guy that that resurrected yeah. about that guy that they're saying all this stuff about. Um, you know, if we, if we kind of, um, and, and, and you can't, you know, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but you can't really say like, 
Um, well, I already know the story because the reality is we don't know the story. The, the, the story is so deep. And mm-hmm. so, um, it, it, the, 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 the story of Jesus's time and his ministry and his miracles on earth and his death and resurrection. Um, if we only needed to hear it one time, uh, then it probably wouldn't matter as much as it does. Yeah. Right. And it probably the, wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. yeah. And it's the living word of God. Mm-hmm. He's continuing to talk to us. And mm-hmm. I hear new things each time I Me hear too. the same Me too. address of the story, right? Sure. Like I'm expecting the sure. same thing, but, um, he surprises me again and again. Again and again. So, and I'm thankful because it's always applicable to what's going on with me in that moment, in the present. Sure. And 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 that's like that's the that's the lesson here. So to me, that is the, I think the definition for a lot of our listeners and for us too, of kind of living out of the resurrection mm. is just an understanding that this conversation um, you're having with God, this this conversation that you're having with. Jesus, uh, it is a conversation of hope, meaning that you are looking forward to things being a lot better, or you are looking forward to kind of being, um, uh, to, to being in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's also this, this conversation of that heavenly grace is going to apply to your life right now. And so what are, what are, what are we going to do in the here and now? What are we going to do right now mm-hmm. to, um, employ that grace in our lives? Right. And to allow God to kind of walk you through that, yeah. you know, is, I mean, you know, St. Thomas is St. Thomas, right? He was one of the 12 disciples. And after the resurrection, after his friends had talked about this, you know, this resurrection, he still was like, I got to see it to Bro. believe it. Right. Like, yeah. I don't really believe that. Like, I, I get what y'all are saying, but I, I have, I have been there, Yeah, you know, and, and we've all, we've all been there in different aspects of our relationship with God. So Okay, so let's apply that to our lives, right? We also see Thomas give Jesus the room in his life to to show him the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when Jesus shows up and shows him the truth, we also t- see Thomas with the humility to accept it, right? The, yeah. the humility to go, you know, to say, "My Lord and my God," right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just there are lessons like that in, I mean, throughout all of the Gospels, but certainly um, in the the 50 days leading up to Pentecost, uh, which is the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, you're going to hear these different testimonies about the resurrected Christ. And and so maybe kind of lean into that and let those testimonies really encourage you in your own experience of that same resurrection. I like that. Do you know that um, at Mass, there's this um, older gentleman who would speak those words during the Eucharistic prayer, um, right after, you know, um, the priest would hold up the body. And when he was kneeling down, he would say, my Lord and my God. And he would always say it out loud, like verbally. And, you know, the first couple of times it wasn't for anyone else because it, if it was a little mumbly, like I wasn't sure what was going on. And when I tuned in, uh, um, my first reaction was, of course, what, what does he say? Like, why do people have to talk out loud? You know, you're interrupting my prayer. I'm very judgy. Um, and then since then, in realizing the importance of the when he's saying it, mm-hmm. after we're presented with the, the bread turned body and the wine turned blood and saying, my Lord and my God, it's just this testimony of belief. And I've adopted it as my own. I don't go verbal. I do it in my head, but, um, 
no judgment on people who want to do a verbal. Mm-hmm. But it uh, has affected me. And yeah. I just think, too, like living out loud affects other people. I'm so glad he did that, mm-hmm. that there's someone who lives that boldly for God and will say that at every single Mass. Yeah. Because my life has changed because of it. Mm-hmm. And that that uh, that testimony doesn't come from a place of like... Uh, of this, this perfect belief. Like all of a sudden yeah. you snap your fingers or you have this moment with God and, and everything is just clear, right? Right. It's definitely a help my unbelief. Yeah. Um, one of my, uh, one of our friends, Will, Will Rooney, Father Will Rooney, I've heard him pray both of these prayers several times is, is Lord, I, I don't want what you want for me, but I want to want it. Mm, right. And, that's beautiful. and it's just, it's this admission that like, you know, Lord, you're, I, I don't understand your will for me. I don't understand where we're going. I don't understand this path and I'm really kind of scared and I don't want it. Or maybe it's too tough or maybe mm-hmm. it's just like not what I want to do. Right. Um, but because you're God and because I know that you love me and because I, I trust you or maybe even because I want to trust you, yeah. I want to want that thing. Um, I, you know, Lord, and the, the, he, he's prayed the prayer you mentioned as well. Lord, I, I don't believe help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's not because I'm incapable of believing it's, it's because there is, you know, it's because I'm, I'm human and because sometimes like things don't make sense. And that stays at the forefront of my mind that God, this doesn't make sense. God, this doesn't scientifically, it doesn't, it doesn't work or, or just logically, right. There's just something in the way. Um, God understands that. And he's, I wouldn't say extremely, I'm not just going to say extremely patient with that. Like he thinks that's wrong. I think he's extremely patient with that. Like, um, a good parent is patient with their kids coloring, Mm. right? When Mm. you're three years old, right? You can't color in the lines, right? right? Like things you draw look weird and right. And mom, dad, they still look at that and they go, that's beautiful. And they put it on the fridge anyway. Do they necessarily like want it to be on the fridge from like this perfect artistic standpoint? No. Right. It's on the fridge because it's the best that, that you have as their child to like, to like give to them. Right. God, I think responds to our, to our doubt and our misunderstanding and our confusion in, in very similar ways. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, again, like we talked about that desire being a prayer and I think that that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And, And I think too often I dismiss it and don't pay enough attention to my desire to be close to God as a prayer in and of itself. Sure. Because sure. it's important and it's powerful and it leads me to the next step, to the next thing, um, to the next good and holy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes me wonder like what the, I mean, what's really good. Like we can read kind of what's in the gospel, mm-hmm. right. For Easter Sunday, but what must've been like going through the minds of the disciples? Because I think, yeah. I go back and forth between thinking these guys are so human and so broken and so, you know, and thinking they all have saint in front of their name. So everything they did mm-hmm. must have been like amazing. Right. And mm-hmm. I think the, the truth kind of falls in the middle. And I think there was like a lot of sort of Peter and John looking at each other, like, do you know what's going on? No. Do you know what's going on? You know, <laughs> and just, there's lots of dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, you know, what is this, what, what does this happening? mean? You know, and, yeah. and just, just kind of utter like, kind of this beautiful, I don't have another word for it, kind of this beautiful stupidity, like this beautiful ignorance at what was going on. And I think they were kind of left with no choice but to, well, one, to wait, Mm 
mm-hmm. to wait and see, mm-hmm. right? What this what the story was, um, which kind of gets back to what we're talking about about finding that that quiet, right, mm-hmm. and being patient, and then also to to allow God to um, to kind of develop that desire, to kind of develop that that attitude of of obedience, trust, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm and to kind of allow him to be in control, right? Um, that's tough. That's so it tough. Uh, but that is a really, I think, a really, really important piece of, of living out this yeah. this gift from God, living out the resurrection, and that you, you have to let God be who he is, mm-hmm. and, and you have to let him be who he is in the way that he is going to be. Um, you know, and... What and say that again? So you have to let him be who he is in the way that he is going to be. So your your understanding, my understanding of God, my our, our understanding of the resurrection is always going to be incomplete. And until we until we get to heaven, right, and it's just us and God, it's always going to be incomplete. And so there are always going to be things that surprise you. There's all there are always going to be things that you can learn that you can kind of kind of you know again unpack, right? And that's always going to take patience. It's always going to take, you know, okay. You know, there's going to be moments where you're like, fine, God, if that's what you want, fine. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to be moments where it's like, oh God is so wonderful and beautiful. And he did everything the way I wanted him to. There's also going to be moments where it's like, well, that that kind of sucked, (laughs) you know, that wasn't fun. Um, and that's, and that's okay. That's all part of it. Yeah. Because resurrection. Because resurrection. Let's make a shirt. Because yeah. resurrection. Because resurrection. That that'd be a good shirt. That's gonna be that's gonna be our Godstock shirt. Because resurrection. Because we don't make shirts we don't wear. That's right. Because Ba-boom. resurrection. I like that. I'm gonna write that down. That's oh super my cool. Gosh, she's writing stuff down. I am. I am. Um yeah. I love okay, this is pertinent but not. Mm-hmm. Um and you, have you ever watched The Chosen? I know we've talked about The Chosen series. I've watched about a third of the first season. Okay, because season two comes out Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm, it does. And I'm real excited about that. I have a Facebook friend yeah. who's in it. No, you don't. I do. I do. As an extra or as one of the apostles? As in, uh, she's a, she's got a few different roles. I think she's an Stop. extra and then she's like, she's got some lines in the second season. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. And I know it is just a production, but they do such a good job of portraying what I perceive to be as good as any um, representation of the apostles in their broken humanity. Mm -hmm. I just love it. I just love it. Like, you know, you're talking about um, this, the mystery of the resurrection, the mystery of God's life, mm-hmm. of Jesus's life with them mm-hmm. and the resurrection, just them kind of being dumbfounded with the whole thing. Um, I love the portrayal of, of, of their quandary with it all Yeah, because they were, it was beautiful stupidity. I mm-hmm. mean, the Peter that they have portrayed, it's just so good how flawed he is. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to, to, um, yeah, go all Ignatian and put myself in the storyline and realize that even for all the goof ups I've made, that I'm still redeemable and I'm sure. still worthy of serving him in a magnificent way. Mm-hmm. Because there's lots of times where I feel like yeah. I, don't have, I don't have the chops, I don't have what's needed to serve in a way that's worthy of him. Mm-hmm. 
and then I see that and I'm like, shoot. Yeah. I and, do. and, and, you know, it, it really kind of highlights that we, um, we feel disconnected mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I think because we have a desire for such a deeper connection. Yeah. So it feels like there's kind of this, this weird dynamic, right. Of, you know, do our desires really represent, you know, the, the reality of who we are in a way that we understand? Probably not. Our, our desire, I th- our desires really, I think are about helping us to understand how much we need God and how much God loves us. Right. And so we want to, our desire, like our heart desires to, to move into that. And sometimes I think it's very easy for our brain to like get that confused with, Oh, I'm not, I'm not over there yet. Mm-hmm. I, I'm supposed to be over there where my heart's desiring for me to be, yeah. but I'm not over there yet for whatever reasons. And I think a lot of the time, um, you know, God is, is really just kind of in the midst of that and sort of saying like, okay, it's, it's, it's my love that's making this happen, right? It's my mm-hmm. grace that's making this happen. It's not necessarily about a light switch in your heart or your mind that you can flip and kind of be in a different place, mm-hmm. right? You are who you are with the limitations that you have with the, with the, you know, you, you the sin that you're carrying around with whatever it might be. And so it is, you know, the theme of this conversation, I think so, so often, and especially at, at Easter when, I think we do want to, and we, maybe we even read it, you know, between the lines of scripture that we do want to like jump to the conclusion, right? Yeah. We want to jump to the, the kind of, you know, no God, I got it. Like final outcome. And God is like, you know, there's, there's so, there's so much more, like there's so much more to, to his love for us so much more to, to yeah. what he has in store for us. And, um, that makes those, like those flaws that you talk about, in Peter, those flaws that we see in ourselves, um, it makes those things kind of like, kind of beautiful in the sense that I think they reflect mm. the love that God has for us anyway. Yeah. Right. Like hits, hits different, different, um, lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to wrap your brain around, but it is mm-hmm. kind of, kind of, it's really nice actually to think about God's love in that way, mm-hmm. that, that his love is, um, you know, caring for that light is caring for all of those things that we see as so problematic. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. We are, um, about out of time. Okay. Um, I think that, um, we've actually talked about quite a few tips, so we'll, we'll kind of skip tips this time, but we really, really encourage you to invest in, um, the gospel readings mm-hmm. during this season of Easter. So get into that habit, uh, if you're not already, of of checking out the readings ahead of time. Um, if you're not Catholic, get with your pastor at your church and and see if he'll, you know, kind of give you some insights into what you're going to be talking about. And mm-hmm. most um, most pastors at any denomination are, are really more than happy to do that, to share right. with you what they have planned. Um, and kind of, kind of make a plan for yourself over about the next, I don't know, the next two months to just kind of stay engaged in this resurrection narrative and, and keep kind of pulling, um, the things out of it that, that God wants to, to speak into your life. Yeah. Cause the graces are boundless. Mm-hmm. They are. And they are. I love that. I love that. And I love that he is timeless. So we can continue to go back and touch on the graces that we experienced during Easter and Absolutely. Whenever we're yeah. in, you know, a funky time, we can go back 
in our prayer, go back in our thoughts Mm -hmm. and receive those graces all over again. They're replenishable. For sure. For sure. Renewable energy. Renewable. In fact, they, they're so, um, they're so abundant that they never even need to be renewed. Like how, I mean, God just loves us that much. It's such a, such a cool thing. So, um, ragamuffins, we love you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Um, we are, <laughs> we are, uh, are really excited to be sharing in this season with you and really, really grateful that you're continuing to, um, to, to tune in and to be fed by our conversations here. And, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram or by contacting late to church podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we mentioned, we mentioned giveaways. Um, we're going to, yeah. we're going to do some giveaways. Um, we've got a, a, a couple in the Easter season, which is 50 days, uh, be on the lookout for those and, uh, be on the lookout. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this, uh, on the podcast so that it motivates me, uh, be on the lookout, be on the lookout for some, some guest speakers joining us as well. Yeah. Some guest pod, some podcast guests is what I should say. I like it. Yeah. So, um, let's pray and, uh, ragamuffins, um, we're, we're just really, really, really grateful for you and for your heart and wherever you're at in your relationship with God and we're we're praying for you. Humble to be on the journey with you. Definitely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Ragamuffins. We love you. We're praying for you. Peace and grace. Peace. Bye-bye. Late to Church podcast is an AMET creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by the Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.